0: So wonderful to see you all! Did everyone have a good Easter and Easter week and everything like that? I know it's snowing, but you know we live in Central New York, right? Whoops! I'm dropping things. So praise God for that, Amen. We can. Uh, we get excited when we actually have good weather, don't we? We get. We really rejoice when we have good weather, huh? So it's all good. (laughs) We enjoy it more than many others. (laughs) Awesome. So, wow, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for this um, series that we're doing. For those who weren't here, um, we started a series called Tech Support. And my husband, um, if you haven't heard the message, you can watch it online on Facebook or you can watch it um, on our um, website or our app. And... um, you can watch. He he. Uh, his message was titled "Reset," and wasn't it amazing who was here? It was so good. I was like, "Man, I have some things to reset." God, I'm excited about that. So I'm excited. I just want to take the opportunity to um, welcome the live stream audience. We love you, even though you can't be here. You're still part of the family, and we just are so thankful for you. And. So we, um, we're excited that you're here with us, even though you're not in the seats, you're still here, right, guys? Still here, and we love you. And so um, for some of you uh, who don't uh, know, um, we uh, went to India. Does someone some of you guys probably know that, some of you probably don't. So we um, had the privilege of going to India to minister. Um, to uh, a ministry there called Sinai Ministries, a very powerful ministry in Nagaland, India, which is very, it's like the north part of India near China. And um, it's a Christian state, and they have this amazing vision where um, God told them to send out 10,000 missionaries from Nagaland to the world, um, there was a promise made in the 70s from forefathers saying that um, <clears throat> that uh, you know, because a missionary was sent there in the early 1900s and Nagaland was saved and now it's a Christian state and because their heart was so grateful for God sending someone that they made a vow to God that we're just going to send out 10,000 missionaries to the world. And this past year, in, well, 2018, um, Pastor Waban, who is the leader of Sinai Ministries, his heart started burning for that vision again. And so we were privileged, Jim and I, to go there and to be a part of something amazing that is happening there. And so we um, were the first, uh, one of the first teachers, the first week in their mission school, and um, we were excited. We went there and taught what we teach in our discipleship here, and it was crazy amazing, and God did amazing, amazing things. And we're going to have a video, but I want to share a testimony. Can I share a testimony? <sighs> okay. I know. Gee, you've got to get it out. Got to give God glory, right? Yeah. Um, so it was funny. During worship, the Lord reminded me that the very first day I believe it was the first day, or maybe it was the second day, when we were there ministering um, at the school, there was an earthquake that happened. And we were singing that song, The Ground Began to Shake. And I thought, oh my goodness, there was an earthquake. And and the leader said to us, God is doing something. God is on the move. I'm like, woo! And so that was amazing. That was like the start of our trip. And um, so it was just so wonderful And um, we went on this first outreach, which I really feel like I I should share about, because I feel like it's going to lead into the message. Um, And we went in this first outreach. It was an open-air crusade. And those who have Facebook, you've probably seen the pictures. Um, And it it was really powerful. So we went to this um, open-air crusade, which what it was is it was in a village that was um, a very poor village, And they had um, a lot of um, different religions, uh, Muslim and Hindus, that lived in that village. And um, so the students went a couple of days before, and they handed out flyers letting them know that we were going to be there. And so when we got there, um, worship was going on, and it was so powerful, and people were starting to come. And they um, came to us, the pastor, one of the staff people on staff there came and said, there is this, this girl here, and she is a Muslim young girl, and um, she uh, had a dream last night that two white people were coming to her village and and God healed her. And so this Muslim young girl, um, when she was, we found, I said, where is she? I want to go see her. <laughs> And she was over there, and I got in the dirt and sat with her and, and just began to pray and find out what was going on. Well, what happened was um, when she was a young girl, her father, who dabbled in black magic, um, decided it was a good idea to uh, put a curse on his daughter. And um, because of that, her hand, she, she was deformed. Her fingers touched her arm. And um, she was deformed, and and her leg was a little crooked as well, and so she kind of walked with a limp. And um, so I just began to, you know, I found that out, and we just began to pray for her. And um, she was feeling God touching her. She was feeling the, the fire of God going through her. We were asking her what was happening. And she says, I feel heat going up, and I feel tingling going up and down my body. And at one time, when uh, we were sitting with her, her arm went completely straight, and then it went back. And I was like, whoa, what is happening? And, and so God was just touching her and moving on her in and, um, and this whole time. And it was so wonderful. And, and then that evening, um, Jim preached, he gave the message that night, and um, uh, there was a good crowd, I don't know how many were there, but there was a big crowd that was there at this park, and um, when Jim gave the salvation call, half the, the, the um, crowd came forward to receive Jesus, and um, you know who was the first in line to go was that sweet little Muslim girl. She was the first one up there. And it was so beautiful to see what God did in her life and how she just had joy of what God is doing. And, and I'm excited. I'm excited what God's doing. Amen? I'm excited that he's on the move and, and he loves people and he loves to save people. Amen? And he's doing amazing things. And nothing is too hard for him. Not, not even someone who doesn't even believe in Jesus, right? Nothing is too, because Jesus is so so powerful he breaks every chain that we have right he ha- he broke the chain already it's just walking in what he's already done and leading people to experience what he's already done. Isn't that amazing? Like, God is on the move. And some of these students were able to pray for people that evening. And people were getting healed left and right. And people were coming up testifying. And and it was just incredible. And what God is doing is just amazing. And he's still moving today. Aren't you excited to be a part of the body of Christ? Do you know you're a part of what God's doing in the world today? If, you, if Jesus is your Savior and you're living in this age, then you are part. Amen? I am part, and I'm excited of what God's doing. And so praise God. And so while we were in India, we had... Um, I I had a hard time with the internet. Okay, <laughs> Jim Jim explained last week. Sometimes you know he's always saying, "Kelly, did you reset your phone?" I'm like, "It's not working. Why is it working?" You know, and he's like, "Did you reset your phone?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, I'll reset my phone." You know, and um, so anyways, so uh, you know. That's just usually what happens. So when I was in India, it was doing this thing the I would say the majority of the time. And it was doing that thing where it does the circle. How many know what that is? It was buffering. And I was like, ar, ar. And so people were giving us their hot spot, you know, and every once in a while. It would work, you know, when I was close to the hot spot, when we could pick up Wi-Fi, and so in those moments, I was able to uh, post and and get connected with those who are praying, because you guys prayed, and it was such a blessing. Thank you for praying, for those who prayed. Thank you. It was amazing of all the things that God God did, and we'll continue. There were so many people saved, and so many people healed. Blind eyes open, deaf ears open. I mean, oh my goodness. It was crazy awesome. So we want to share it with you, but we Want to thank you for praying, and so, anyways. So, what I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to talk about um, buffering. Okay, staying connected to God. How many know that? That's a tech, techy thing. <laughs> staying buffering and staying connected to God. And you know, when we don't have Wi-Fi, we're just gonna, you know, in our phone, we're, it's just gonna do that, and that is so frustrating. We can't see anything on it, right? except for past old news. When I was in India, I could only look on my Facebook to see friends for three people, and that was it. And I was like, oh, I've I've read their stories like a hundred times, you know. I want to be able to communicate with people at home, but no, it wasn't working because I wasn't connected to the Wi-Fi. And it's the same thing with us and our life. A lot of things that we go through in our life, um, you know, a lot of the reason is we're not connected to him. We have this disconnect, and, and, you know, we start freaking out, don't we? We start freaking out, like, why is this happening, you know? And the thing's going like this in the spirit, you know? (laughs) The circle's going. We're like, why is this happening? And it's because we're not connected. And I wanted to start reading in John chapter 15. And um, this is a powerful scripture here. It's Jesus um, talking. And um, how many know when Jesus talks, it's very powerful. And so, and so on. uh, Chapter John, chapter 15, starting at verse one, and it says, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He who cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit." While well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now remain in me. And some some translations say, abide in me. It's like this closeness, you know, like, kind of like, um, you know, a husband and a wife, when they come together, it's like a closeness. It's like, remain, abide in me, stay close to me. Where it's safe, right? Where it's safe, where you belong, stay close to me. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. You know God is not controlling. Do you know that? And sometimes we are controlling, aren't we? We want people to stay close, close to us, so we pull them over. We're like, get over here, you know? <laughs> stay with me. But God is not controlling. He's not. He says if we remain in him, he'll remain in us. Like he's longing for us to to remain, to abide with him. Because that's where we're created to be. To be in this place where it's so close to the Father, where we can hear his whispers. Where we can feel his presence, right? Where we can sense his, his nearness. It's like where we were created to be. And I was thinking about the prodigal son. The prodigal son, I mean, the prodigal, it's, it's about a father and his son was going through some stuff. And he didn't say, no, you're not leaving. He allowed him to go, right? And, and, and so um, he allowed him to go. And sometimes in our mind, we think, what? What? You just allowing him to go to, to go through some hard times? Like, we want to control things, don't we? We want to say, no, you're not allowed to go, but sometimes letting things go um, is being like God. Do you know what I mean? So it's abiding in him and remaining in him. And then it says, no branch bears fruit by itself. We were ne- never meant to do this on our own. We were never meant to do it on our own. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He keeps repeating this. He's like, remain in me. Stay close to me. Abide in me. When you do this, great things are going to happen. I am the vine, Jesus is saying. And you are the branches. And if a man or woman remains in me and I in him... He will bear much fruit. God wants us to prosper. Do, we, do you know that? God wants us to have joy. God wants us to have peace. God wants us to be blessed, amen? Blessing inside and outside. That's what he died for us to have, an abundant life, amen? And sometimes we try to do it on our own, and then the little thing happens, right? Buffering, 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 buffering. It starts buffering, and we're like, ah! And God's saying, come close to me. Remain in me. Apart from me. And then he said, He will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And it's, you know, it's such human nature to try to do it ourselves. Like we can do it. Me, myself, and I, right? Me, myself, and I. I got this. You know, I can do this. I don't need. I don't need God, but then we just keep going around the mountain, right? We just keep going in circles, and and we get frustrated, and we get angry, and we get ugly. Not really, probably not. Well, maybe you could get ugly if you get angry in your appearance, but, you know, your heart gets ugly, and it says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. You know, when we are not um, close to the Father, it is hard. It is hard. We get attacked left and right. How many have experienced that? It's like you're apart from God and you think you can do it on your own. And all of a sudden, all these attacks start coming. And you're like, what is going on? I don't understand. Oh, no. I'm not remaining, I'm not abiding in the vine. Oh, no, that could be a thing that we can remember. I'm having all this fear. I'm having all this doubt. I don't understand. I, 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 I. The I can die, right? You just have to abide, right? You just have to remain. And those things die. And then you realize, wow, with him, I can do anything. With God, nothing is impossible. Amen? And, and God is so good. He's so good. He waits. He doesn't make us come to abide. He waits for us. Because, and, and even in his waiting, he's so good that he says that he will work all things out according to the good. You know? He works it out for good even though it's bad. I don't know how he does it, but he does it because he's that good. He's that good of a father. He doesn't waste anything. Anything we go through, even though a lot of times it's not His will, right? We step, when we step away from the vine, we step away from His will, right? We step away and then it gets hard, and that's not really His will because His word says His yoke is easy and His burden is light, amen? And so we can, when we're connected to there, to Him, to the vine, you know, it's a lot easier. We can have peace, right? And so, and then it's thrown into the fire and burned. And you know what? There's a lot of times, you know, we're going through life and we're we're doing well, we're abiding, and then all of a sudden, from nowhere, ah, you know, you get attacked. You know, you get a little cut. How many know when God prunes you? (laughs) It's not easy. It it hurts sometimes, but He does it for our good, so that we can bear more fruit. And I want to share a story. Um That happened to me, it's a personal story, um, and but I'm with family, so it's okay, right? I can share a personal story um, that happened to me recently when I was actually in India. Um, you know, I was you know, we were busy, we were going day. You know, morning, afternoon, and night. We we had classes. We had um, evening stuff that we did, and we were really going. And we had forty one hours of travel before we got there. And so we'd wake up at four thirty a.m. So I mean, we were getting weary, um, but we were excited, and God was moving. Um, but it was at the last outreach we were um, we were in a place um, that was a few hours away. We had to travel there. And, um, so, uh, when we were there, I was, I, I was, Jim and I worked it out that I was going to preach twice on Saturday and he was going to preach twice on Sunday. So, and those were our last ministry times before we came home to be with you guys. And so, um, Saturday morning I preached to the students. We were at, um, we're at a really nice place. Um, and, and so we, I got to preach the last message to the students and um, it was so wonderful, and we, it's like they are, they're texting us still. We, we, we built like a family with them. They call us mom and dad. <laughs> We've adopt, we have like 34 children now, <laughs> and we love them so much. And um, so um, I got to preach the lesson. And then that evening, I was preaching um, at uh, this big church. It was a large uh, church, a very traditional church, um, uh, very traditional um, you know they they had everything you know when jim preached they they had like ten people coming up and doing their little things sit down, you know someone else came you can read read on the bulletin everything that was going to happen. Do you guys know what I mean like a very traditional church and um i I kind of experienced in my life just a little bit of tradition and um So, you know, in my weakness, it started to affect me. So I get there um, at this place, and I'm preaching to the youth. How fun is that? I mean, a former youth pastor preaching to youth, a bunch of young people. It was, you know, I was super excited. But as soon as I walked in that place, I started to um, just sense some things like, oh, no, I I have to be careful, you know. I can't be myself. I have to, you know, I I don't want to dishonor people. And that's good. You don't want to dishonor people when you're preaching in someone else's church or ministering somewhere else. You want to be honoring. But that really, they gave us free reign, and I wasn't listening to that. I was listening to the voice of another. And so I'm like, oh, I just got to be, you know, I just got to be careful, and so I'm preaching, and I was not being myself. I was, like, restrained. Like, if you could see me, I was frozen. (laughs) You guys know me. I'm not frozen, you know, and, and so I was, I was not feeling free enough to just be me, and just to preach the word that God gave me, and so I was putting myself in a box, putting God in a box, and because of it, it was very hard, and Thank God for Jim Tuttle. He came up and closed the service, and people were getting healed and saved, and blind eyes were opening that day, and it was incredible. It was a powerful night. But I was frozen, and I was so broken after that. I thought, oh, man, I let you down, God, you know? I was starting to feel the shame and the guilt and all that yucky stuff. So I was going over here, (laughs) you know? I didn't want to be there. And so anyways... I um I was struggling. I was trying to be strong, but I was struggling. And you know, uh, that morning we were, we were wake up at like four a.m. every day. And so that morning, like four a.m., I woke up. And I just wanted to be with my father. I just wanted to spend time with the Lord because he's the best person to be with when you're broken, right? He's the best person to be with when you're happy. <laughs> he's the best person to be with, period. And so I, I'm going, you know, I'm spending time with my father. And I'm journaling. And I, you know, we teach on hearing the the voice of God, And a lot of things that we teach, we teach on two-way journaling. How many were here when when we had the videos for Mark Verkler years ago, um, hearing the voice of God? So some of you were here. So um, we teach on hearing God's voice. And what what two-way journaling is, is you write down your prayer to God, and then you wait for him to answer, and you write down what you believe he's saying. And it is the most powerful thing ever. Okay, if you don't two-way journal, talk to me after. I will help you. I'll read some of my journals with you, and you will be blessed. Your whole walk with God will go to another levels, okay? Because, you know, a lot of times when I am broken in that state, what I was just explaining to you about, you know, I think God's mad at me, or I think I did something wrong, and I deserve to get punished, and all these things, and I'm not in the right mind. But when I start to journal with God, and I start to pour out my heart to him, He answers me in ways I would never think that he would answer. And it is so powerful, and it breaks the power of the enemy. And it's so powerful. And you know what? Hey, can I read it to you? I'll read it to you. It's very personal, but it's okay. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about being personal with you guys. Um, So anyways... um, as I start journaling, I don't even know if I can find it. So if I can't find it, I can't find it. Then I'm not supposed to read it, right? Okay. So I'm looking. I got a gazillion notes. Um, here we go. I said here... Um, I said, um, I love, this is what I wrote to God. I said, I love you, Jesus. Thank you so much for never leaving me, even when I am weak and broken. Even when I contradict myself with what I say and what I do. God, I want to be so pure. Please help me with my struggles. I know that you have good plans for me, and I choose today to follow you wholeheartedly. And I choose today to forget what lies behind and keep my eyes fixed on what's ahead to heaven. So you get your your head straight when you begin to journal. Amen? I look up today, and I actually look over over into your eyes because you are so close to me. And that was the reality. I wasn't feeling it, but that was the reality. I choose today to shake off old mindsets that is not who I am, and I choose you, Jesus. And this is what Jesus said to me. And he said, my sweet, sweet Kelly, I love, love, love you. See, he talks to us the way we talk. Do you know that? Amen. He's so good. I love, love, love you, and I am so proud of you. You are brave and an overcomer. Now, I wasn't feeling this, and God was speaking this to me. If you could see how insignificant that little familiar spirit was that attacked you, you would be on the floor laughing. Okay, because I went into a place that was familiar, that was from my past, that I thought I was free free of, the enemy decided to come and whisper little lies in my ears to make me think I was just like my past. So I learned that it was a familiar spirit. I never knew that before. And now, guess what? The enemy is on D-Day because I know what a familiar spirit is.
1: (laughs) And I'm going to help people
0: get free. Because... Yeah, if we could see how insignificant that is, we would be on the floor laughing. If we could see how small and pitiful the enemy is when he tries to get us with our old junk, it is ridiculous. And this is what he spoke to me in my journaling. Come on, isn't journaling powerful? That is not who you are anymore. You are my warrior. You are my precious daughter who fights who never gives up, you just stalled, you didn't get out of the car, but you asked for help and came to me to get the oil that you needed to keep going in the calling I had for you. Isn't that amazing? Come on. He's so good. He's like, you, you didn't get out of the car, you just stalled. Don't worry, you came to me right away, and I took it. I gave you the oil you needed for your calling. You are my special girl, and I love you. I want you to continue and tell others how special and amazing I think they are. I love you, and I will never, ever leave you. Love your papa. Come on. Isn't that so good? And so here I am in this bad place. I'm, I'm away from the vine, and just like that, I'm right back where I belong. Amen? And it's just that simple with you. When you start going through that little buffering, it doesn't take much. It takes pressing into him. It takes journaling. It takes spending time with him, getting into his word, getting into worship until it goes away, praying in the spirit until it lifts off of you. Amen. It just takes pressing into him, abiding in the vine and the buffering goes. Okay, I'm going back to scripture. Thanks for bearing with me, guys. And then it says, um, if, in verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. What a good father that is. Amen? He delights in giving good gifts to his children. He delights in blessing his kids. What a good God we serve. Amen? What a wonderful God we serve. He said, ask. Ask. And then he said, this is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Come on. He's so good. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now that's a powerful statement. Now the Father loved Jesus a lot. And he says he loves us that much. That's so comforting, isn't it? That's so powerful. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments. See, he was an example for us. He showed us how to do it. And you remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command. Isn't that good? He wants to give us joy, (laughs) complete joy, overflowing and full of his glory. Amen? And then he said this, and he said, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command. Amen? Isn't that powerful? Like, he tells us when we abide in him, guess what? We're going to be able to love one another. We're going to be able to love one another. And that is so powerful, isn't it? It's so powerful because we were created to love one another. We were created to be abiders in the vine because that's where we get our life. That's where everything flows from, the love of the Father, right? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and all your might. If you do it over here, it'll just be rules, but if you come into the vine, it'll be life, and life abundantly. Amen? And so when we're in the vine, when we're close to our Father, the place where we were created to be, where he speaks the truth of who we really are, like he did in that journaling for me, and, and you will be able to love other people. That's what we're called to do. Amen? Amen? If we allow other people's junk to affect us, we'll be buffering, won't we? We'll be buffering. We'll need some text support. <laughs> and so let's learn what love is. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we're going to go to uh, verse 4. And this is what the word says that love is love is patient. Oh boy. Some say some translations say long suffering. <laughs> and it's usually long suffering for a reason because it ain't easy, right? No. Sometimes you just have to be patient. Sometimes you just have to bite your lip and just sing, right? <laughs> sing, start praising, just you know, just let it go. Love is patient. Love is kind. This is so simple. Be kind, right? Be kind one to another, right? Be kind to people. When someone is rude, be kind. I love, when we were in India, we had the privilege of going to see Mother Teresa's um, ministry there in Calcutta. It was so amazing. It was a dream, actually, a dream that came true. And she has this quote that I have on my desk. I brought it out here. And it says this. It's one of my favorite quotes I've preached, I've preached about it before, but I'm going to preach about it again because it's good. And she says this. She says, People are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyways. If you are kind, people may accuse you of ulterior motives. Be kind anyways. If you are honest, people may cheat you. Be honest anyways. If you find happiness, people may be jealous be happy anyways. The good you do today may be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyways. Give the world the best you have, and it, and it may never be enough. Give your best anyways. For you see, in the end, it is between you and God. It, is, it was never between you and them anyway. Amen? Amen. So just, amen. Mother Teresa, she is, wow. When we were in her place, Jim and I had the opportunity to go up to where her bedroom was, and it was just a simple room. It was just a bed and like uh, shelves and a desk, very simple, tiny, and, but you could feel the presence of God. It's like, she just loved God, and she, she acted out on it. Amen. Amen. And so be kind. Take Mother Teresa's advice. Be kind. It's between you and God. It's not between you and the other person anyways. Amen? Okay. Um, it does not envy. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. I'll tell you what. One way that I, I, I think really demonstrates love is when you can cheer other people on. Is when they're doing well and you can be their biggest cheerleader one way I feel like envy really escalates if, if someone gives someone a compliment and you're like because I want I'm jealous I'm envious of them so you know what I'm not going to praise them and I'm not going to compliment them and I'm not going to get on the bandwagon because I don't like them so I'm not going to glory in what God's doing in their life and you know a lot of times people didn't even ask for the compliment anyways right so it's not the person getting the compliment. So other people are like, oh, I'm not going to ban I'm not going to agree with that compliment. I'm not going to I'm going to be envious. I'm going to be jealous. And that's not acting in love. Love is is rejoices with those who rejoice. Amen. Love weeps with those who weep. Love builds up, right? It doesn't puff up. It builds up. It, it looks at someone and it treats them better than you're treating yourself. That's what love does. Love sacrifices. Jesus was the ultimate picture of love. He sacrificed himself for us. Amen? Amen. All right, thank you, Sarah. I will. So don't envy. Don't be jealous. That's not godly. Amen? Let's, let's cheer one another on. Let's build one another up. Amen? If we see something in someone let's tell them. If we see they're doing a good job, don't ignore it. Tell them the world is waiting for it. And that might be the thing that leads them to Jesus. Do you know that? Because the world is not kind. It's not patient. It's, it's okay. It's none of those things. So us, we're to, called to be those things. It does not boast. Amen? So it's, you know, when we boast, we're giving glory to ourselves and we're not giving glory to God. But when we boast in what God did, it's giving glory to him. And so like the testimony this, this morning is so powerful, it's so vital that we share what God's doing because it doesn't give glory to us, it gives glory to him because we can't do those things, only he can. All right, so boast. It is not proud. It is not, I'm just going to go through this, okay? It is not proud. We all know that, right? He resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So we don't want to be proud. There's a difference between being confident and being proud. Yeah, so you can be confident because that's the truth in who you are. Right, you can be confident of who you are in Christ, who you are, and that's amazing. And you're amazing. Do you know that? I always tell people they're amazing. And they say, "No, Jesus is amazing." But wait a minute, He lives inside you. So guess what? You're amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. And so you know, but you know, being proud is like, ah, ha, 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 I can do all this. You know, it's all about me, 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 me. Look what I did. You know, but. When, when you're not boasting, you're giving God glory for what he did. Amen? I hope that made sense. Okay. Um, let's see here. Um, is not proud. Is not rude. That's a simple one, but that's a powerful one. Amen? Let's, let's, you know, we're called not to be rude to people. Even when they are, you know, rude to us. Right? Here's Jesus. He was the greatest example of this, and um, wow, do I really only have one minute left? Oh, Jesus, help me. <laughs> Man, I'm taking a long time here. Um, <laughs> okay, I only need one scripture, anyways, it's all good. So, anyway, so uh, yeah, where was I? So, so rude, don't be rude, okay. <laughs> Um, And love is not self-seeking, not self-seeking. So it puts others before yourself, right? I'm telling you, my husband is so amazing at this. He puts everyone before himself all the time. It blesses me. He, He puts the children, he puts me before himself. He's always putting other people before himself. And you know what? He is so blessed and he's so full of love because he does it. And I just learned from his example that he just puts people first. And it's so amazing. It's so wonderful. He's it's not self-seeking. So you're not, see, it's more blessed to give than to receive, the Bible says, for a reason. Because when we put others first, we're getting blessed. How many know what I mean? It's like you're getting blessed. It's so wonderful because we're created to be like that. It's not easily angered. You know, the Bible talks about don't let the sun go down on your anger. You know, some things can annoy us, but the best thing to do is take care of it right away. Don't wait two weeks, okay? Because guess what's going to happen? You're going to be miserable, okay? You're not going to be acting in love. You're going to be way over here, away from the vine, right? And, and it's going to be hard, and you're going to be stressed out. So don't do that. Go to the person And don't be like, you did this. Ah!" Don't do that. Because you know what? What's going to happen? You're going to get this big argument, and it's not going to be pretty, right? But say, tell them how you feel. Because how you feel is the truth, right? How you feel. You're feeling something for a reason because something bothers you. And maybe it's because your past, that's why it's bothering you. I don't know. But go and talk to person, Say, this is how I feel. And then you know what? Forgive. Let it go. Close the case. Amen? Don't harbor on it. Forgive. Jesus said, how many times should you forgive? Seventy times seven. You just let it go, okay? I mean, the the movie Frozen. Let it ring in your ears. Let it go. Let it go. Right? So just forgive. Okay. Um, Keep no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. And you know what, like, when, that kind of goes together with being jealous and all that stuff because you see someone, you know, your enemy or someone who you're annoyed with and they get in trouble and you're like, oh yeah, right? You're all excited about it. But no, don't get excited about it. Don't get excited. You know, rejoice with the truth. Pray for them. Amen? Pray for them and reach out to them and love them. Don't tear them down because when we um, connect with the evil that's happening, we're connecting with what the enemy's doing. But when we connect with, you know, encouragement and standing with someone who's going through something, we're connecting with God, and it's more powerful, and it has great results. Amen. It always protects. So love always protects. It goes great miles to protect people. And it's not always easy. You know, it it protects. It always trusts. So it's like it's always trusting the best in in someone. It's always trusting the best. It's not like, you know, okay, so it's not like saying, okay, this person uh, keeps stealing from me. OK, so I'm always you're not going to be stupid and just keep letting them steal, but you're going to trust that God's got this right. That God's bigger than this. And you're, you're going to love the person through it. Right. And you're trusting God to do something amazing. You're trusting it. Always trust. That means you always good is going to come out of it. It always trusts. It always hopes and always perseveres because there's no um, there's no hopeless situation. There's only hopeless people. We could be a hopeless person and not trust and not persevere and not believe the best in a situation, or we can hope, and we know that hope um, hope builds faith, amen? Hope is not just like, I wish, maybe, but biblical hope is like, it's, it's believing the best and believing that something's going to change because we're there and we love well, amen? Um, it always perseveres. It keeps going. Love keeps going. I love this. What Heidi Baker says: when you're when you're going, you're winning. When you're stopping and you're loving someone, you know, th- throughout your day, when you're doing things, when you're listening to the Holy Spirit, sometimes you'll you'll feel like God's saying, "I want you to pay for that person's, person's coffee." When you're doing that, you're winning, right? You're loving. It's the simple things. It's a part of life. It's not this out. Landish thing. It's like supposed to be part of our life. It's reality. It's simple. Picking up someone's drink, you know, if they drop it or whatever. It's love looks like something. And when you're doing it, you're winning. Amen. When you're loving, you're winning. You're going, you're moving and love never fails. Amen. Love never fails. You're never going to fail when you're loving. And, and a lot of times it's not easy. Sometimes you have to bite your tongue, right? Sometimes you have to walk away because, you know what, you don't want to do those things. You don't want to be rude, right? You don't, you don't want to boast. You don't, you don't want to punch someone in the face, right? So sometimes you have to leave and just, to, you know, it's okay. That's okay because you want to love well. And love is a reality, and love wins. It always perseveres. It always protects. It always wins. And I don't know. I think I'm just going to have to end. And there was one other thing that I don't even think. I think we're just going to do it for the altar call. And um, another thing that can get you buffering is when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're trying to do... This Christian life in your own strength, just going by the rules, and it's going to be very hard. And so the Bible talks about be ye being filled with the Spirit. That means keep getting filled with the Spirit. That doesn't mean that, man, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit.